about the way that Jesus is dealing with his people. And yes, this series is for you. Um, and also we talked about the whole idea that perhaps some of us have started the journey and we are in our early Christian walk and is the newness of life for this group of people? Yes, it is for you. And I said also that this is for another group of people who think or who, who have been journeying with Jesus for many, many years and is not something that happens as a, a box-ticking exercise or happens at the beginning when we encounter Christ or when we embrace Jesus, but we are all encouraged to walk in the newness of life. And we've been looking at the different facets of what does it look to be part of the newness of life. So when God imparts, when God gives the newness of life, how does that look for his people? What, what does that look for us? What are the things that we can take in saying, yes, Lord, we want to do this? And as part of the sermon has been that it, towards the end, it's like a three-step uh, expectation. The first expectation is that we recall the promises and recall who God is. And the, 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 the second uh, expectation then is in, in us recalling that we reclaim those truths and we, we, we speak them over our lives, over one another, and then we respond in, in worship. Uh, today's theme or today's topic is a new family. If we can have the next slide, it would be great. So, I grew up, I was evangelized by, do you remember this bridge? Bridge the gap? So, for those of you who are not familiar, an evangelistic tool that was used and is still used in many places is this idea that there is a big division between man and God. And Jesus serves and Jesus provides that bridge. Which, actually, it is true. Um, I, I totally agree with this. But personally, I think it's not complete. Because it has got a very eternal focus. And it's not recognizing that actually, what happens to me now when I embrace God? Yes, I am forgiven. Yes, my sins are being removed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Yes, I have encountered salvation. But what, what next? It doesn't mean that I have to die immediately to go to heaven. So where is that outworking then of this God's love and God's grace and God's almighty power to, 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 to be able to, to bridge between man and God? And the beauty and the reality of that is that the answer is the church. And I think that's what is missing. It's missing the dynamic that actually not only you become children, not only you become daughters and sons of the living God by being enemies, but you are part now of God's family. And that's wonderful. 
That's amazing. Now, I have had the, the challenge of not growing up in a Christian family. So when I became a Christian, I was 13. My mom and dad were not Christians. My sister was not a Christian. So for me, that part, being part of a church that embraced me as a family was fundamental in my life. I can't, I can't speak more, more highly and more, more uh, yeah, positively and fanatically about it because I knew that there were people who had in mind that actually they ought to share God's love with me and in practical ways with me being me. But this is the beauty that actually the outworking of this love is the God that the, the love that God has for us outworks in the love that we have with one another. So when we talk about the newness of life today, I want to to, to emphasize the fact that yes, we are children of God. Yes, we have become children of God, from being God's enemy, from being opposing God. But that celebration happens within the church family. Now, I am very passionate about church because I do believe that the church is unique. It's unique in, in a lot of different levels. I am very passionate about it. Um, and this idea of being church in church family... Uh, reminds me of that verse that Ian uh, Campbell prayed last week and, and the idea that has been actually a recurring theme for us. And perhaps this is a moment for us to think, what is Father God saying here? And it's this idea, I, I, I already said it, it's this idea of God being our Father. The fatherhood of God. Father God, I wonder... And that wonder that comes because you're experiencing a different fatherhood. In Romans 8, verses 12 to 17, I'll read the whole thing. I'm going to read from verse 12. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the sinful nature to live according to it. This is the newness of life. But if you live according to the sinful nature, you'll die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you'll live. You'll live, sorry. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. But you received a spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies to our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are children, then we are heirs. And heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering, in order that we may share in his glory. This is the beauty of the gospel. That from being, just doing our own thing, God is welcoming us. As Caroline reminded, 
to come to this relationship that he is the father and we are the children. This is phenomenal. And in, in, in us embracing this relationship, then we come to this place of saying, yes, Lord, the outworking of that relationship is that we come and we're saying, yes, you are our father, but because we are in Christ and because God is Peter's father and is Lois's father, then Peter and Lois are my brothers and sisters. Not by the bloodline, but by Christ. That's amazing. And therefore, we're going to look today at a passage that is very close to my heart because it's, 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 it's amazing how, how Paul expresses this, this great opportunity that people have and this great liberty and great freedom and great opportunity that the gospel brings. Galatians 4, or actually Galatians 3, 26 to 29. You are all sons and daughters of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male or female, for you are all in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Do you see what's happening? Paul is trying to say to these people that actually what is happening with God becoming the Father and we becoming brothers and sisters, it's a fulfillment of the promise that he has made with Abraham thousands and thousands of years ago. And we are participants of that. So when we talk about the newness of life, we talk about new family. And when we talk about family... I don't want to talk for us about what is ideal and what is not ideal. Because if I, if I was to say um, um, in my conversations with my fellow Albanians is that, um, again, we've got a very high value of the church in the sense that it's, it's uh, really um, prominent to say that the church is a family. And we look at the ideal side and the reality is that we all come from very difficult situations sometimes in our families. So to say that church is family is like dropping a bomb. But not for everybody is that's the case. But it can be the case. But when I talk about church being a family, I'm not trying to say this very easily because this is where I expect the newness of life to be visible, to be obvious, to be tangible, to be manifested. And of all places, this is the place for that. When I think of dysfunctional families, I think of a, a TV series, The Simpsons. 
Can we have the next slide, please? Um, I, I've not watched a lot of it, but I, I know that perhaps there are a lot of it, some people, some of you here that they like it. But, but it's the it's it's humorous, but in the same time, it's quite sad because it's a true reflection of how broken people are, although they are part of a family. And this is where God steps in and he says, I'll show you a different way. I am the father. You are my daughters and my sons. So what are some traits of a family of God? What are some traits that we see that are reflected in the scripture and they are reflected in our midst here? And when I want to speak about that today, I want to bring life. I want to encourage you. I want to press you on. I want to challenge you. I want to bless you. I've, I've, I've noted a few traits of, of a, a functional family, a functional church family. And the, the, the first trait that comes to mind is, is when, you, when you go to people's homes that you, you, you really notice what are the things that they're fond about, you know. I, I've got a, far, a friend who is fanatic about racing and car racing. And I know that if I'll go to his house, the first, uh, the first impression is that He's definitely into racing, you know. He's got bikes, he's got caravans that carry bikes, and he's got vans that carry people that carry the caravans, and it's all, it's all, you, you can see the traits. And I wanted to, to, to show some of the traits that I see in us, some traits that I see in the scriptures. And the, the first trait is that with the newness of life, the family of God becomes the family of the book. So the book, the library, is a good trait. And how much more do we need God's word in our lives? And I don't, I don't want to stop there because I think as Christians it's very good that we say, oh, I've done my Bible reading for today. I have meditated upon it. I've done this. God has really spoken to me. And I think as Christians, we forget that actually being people of the book is not necessarily only to do with what you get from the Bible. But it's what you pass on to others. So the trait of the book is that when we go and see God and read about God's heart... What is it that causes us to recall, to reclaim, and to respond? I was talking to some people this week about the way that I treat the Bible and the, 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 the place that the Bible has got in my life. And I think it's my compass. It's my compass. It's my compass for, for our family. 
And I wouldn't change it for anything else, actually. The book, the library, is a good trait. A good trait, another good trait, is the bath. And what I mean by that is baptisms. What I mean by that is that opportunity that people have encountered the living God and that public declaration that their allegiance, like we sang earlier on, is no longer to Caesar or to Boris Johnson or to the local MP, but their allegiance is to Jesus Christ. So a good trait of a, of a newness of life in the family of God is baptism. We, we want to see this. We need to see this. We need to continue that powerful sense of testimony. This is what God has done in my life. This is who I was. This is who I am. And I want to live for Jesus. Another trait that is a good one, it's the table. The book, the bath, the table. What do I mean by the table? I mean this table here. It's the place where I check and I tune my heart is with God's in the right place and where I check that my heart is with the others in the right place. The table, the place where we remember actually that without God we can't do anything. We remember that salvation is the gift of God. We remember what Christ has done for us to, 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 to bridge that gap. And to say, Lord, I want to live for you. And the truth of the matter is that God says you cannot live for me unless you show how you relate to others. And this is so important for our life as a church, for our life as individuals. The table. So it's not only about my own sins and me feeling very sorry for myself. But it's about that freedom that Christ gives me to go and live for him as somebody who's forgiven, as somebody who's freed up, as somebody who is enjoying this relationship with the Father God. Another trait of a functional life in the, in the family of God is the gifts. And um, I wanted, I was very tempted to put the covenant wording, but I'm going to leave that as a homework for you to go and have a look and pray about it today. If you haven't got it, let me know and I'll give you those papers after the service. But as a church, we covenant every year and we make some promises before God. And one of the things is that we want to release the gifts of one another for the furtherance of God's kingdom. Thank you, Honorata and Peter, for reminding us of seeking God's kingdom. But releasing those gifts is not easy. It's sacrificial. 
is, is it, in one way, it is great that people pick up stuff. But on the other hand, it's, it's, it has to happen here. Because if it's not happening in the family of God, where else? If we're not expecting the Holy Spirit to be at work and say, use your gifts for the furtherance of God's kingdom. Look what happens when the New Testament church used their gifts. What happened there? The whole society was put upside down because they were being bold, they were being non-compromising, and they were saying, these are the gifts that God has given us. We are going to be who we are in Christ. And that gift comes from that place of you knowing the fatherhood of God, of you knowing that you are a child of God. So what are you doing about your spiritual gifts today? Have we stopped you as church leaders to exercise your gifts? Are we being too pushy about you exercising your gifts in the midst of the busy week that you have and you don't know what to do first? It is God, through his spirit, who equips his family with gifts. And we are in that position that I cannot say that I don't need you or you don't need me. We all need one another. Because that's how God, in his economy, has decided to work through his church. Gifts. The book, the bath, the table, the gifts... The towel, that service, the towel, that service to one another, and that service to this broken world, that service of endless cups of coffee through cafe, that service of dealing with difficult situations at Noah's Ark, that service of you going to talk to your neighbor and showing love. That service of you working in the background and nobody noticing. That service that actually comes from that place that I want to honor my father because I am his daughter, I am his son. The towel Haven't we got a great example in the scriptures about the towel? When Jesus, who could have been different, he chose not to, but he came to serve. Another trait, the puzzle. The puzzle has got a love heart, hasn't it? Um. I've got a little love heart. I was, I was going to bring props today, but in the end I, I decided because I could only find a few that I was really convinced they were good props. But this is a good prop. It's a little love heart. And, and one of my daughters gave it to the other one just to show her love and commitment to her. And I thought, isn't that a good, great example? That the puzzle is that we all are different pieces. But because of what God has done and what God is doing in us, we are going to be committed to honor our Father 
and to honor our brother and sisterhood. Because this is what the newness of life looks like. Otherwise, it's just a club. The book, the bath, the table, the gifts, the towel, the puzzle, the calendar. And what do I mean by that, by having that cross? A trait of a church family is that it is a worshipping community that does not meet only on a Sunday from 10.30 or maybe 10.35 or 10.40, depending when we start. But it's a family that has decided to choose worshipping God as a lifestyle. Monday through Sunday. This is the calling to the newness of life. This is the one that he who has begun a good work on you will bring it to completion. Because yours and my allegiance, if we are set it with Christ, is not just theoretical. It's a lifestyle. It comes from that place saying, you know, God, my life, my week. If I'm honest, I've had a very, very difficult week this week. And the place that has brought me to is recognizing that God is in charge and he's the only one worthy of my worship. So are you worshiping God the Father? Are we worshiping God the Father? Is our lifestyles marked by worship? And it's not only just songs. It's not only just things that we do because for the sake of doing it. But the choices that we make. The way that we speak to one another. The way that we are raising our children, the next generation. Is that part of our worship? This is where the newness of life comes in. And Jesus says, well... If you want to worship in spirit and in truth, you know where the place is. And that's where my next and last trait is. The oil. A trait of a functioning family of God is the oil. And the symbol of the oil in the New Testament and in the Old Testament is the anointing. Of the Holy Spirit. We can look at all those traits. The book, the bath, the table, the gifts, the towel, the puzzle, the calendar. And if we are not doing it with the oil. If we are not doing it with the help. With the healing. With the restoration. With the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We are wasting our time. We're going to take communion like what we've decided to do every, every, every time. And Pete is going to lead that part. But I think before we come to that place, I'd like for us to, to, to think a little bit about stuff that perhaps God has challenged you with. It's challenged me. And if there is anything that you think 
that God is recalling us to. Is there anything of this trait that we say, God, I know it looks impossible, but we want to reclaim it. We want to reclaim the power of the book. We want to remember the beauty of the bath. We want to be nurtured by the symbols of the table. We want to love by sharing our gifts with one another. We want to use our towels well. We want to be committed to one another, to this cause that you have given us. And we want to live our lives as worship, as a living sacrifice. So I'm going to allow maybe two minutes of time for response. If you wanted to make notes or if you think God has been saying to you something special, mark it down. If you wanted to come and pray with me or with any of the elders after the church, it would be great. Um, now, I've brought the oil here as well. Um, when you take communion and if you wanted to have that reminder today, that because of your allegiance with Christ, you've been anointed. I'll be very happy to anoint you with oil, just as that reminder today. Let's pray, and I'll give you those two minutes.